Once again is my fearless brother, Ben Gallagher. Good evening, listener, as it is the evening here. And you've made it back, like Sam said, to another episode to listen to two Gallaghers go back and forth like we're two hobbits discussing <laughs> genealogy. Very good, very good. Off the, t- off the cuff, I'm sure. Off the cuff, yeah, definitely, definitely didn't, haven't been sitting on those. <laughs> so, so... Ben, once again, calling for ale. What what ale are you drinking? Well, this time, Sam, to celebrate the victories of the forces of the White Hand from the previous two episodes, I have gone to Isengard itself and gotten a White Hand hard seltzer, an alcoholic drink for the Urukai who is counting calories <laughs> as well as kills. Ah. <laughs> uh. Talking of kills, you're slaying me with these. <laughs> so, so, so dumb. I love it. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's good. Well, Sam, the Red Arrow has been sent forth. Gondor has called for ale. What alcoholic Lord of the Rings themed beverage are you sipping on ah. this lovely evening? Well, I'm, I'm wishing I was sipping on a white hand hard seltzer, I'm not going to lie, but I myself am having a Black Rider, which is a drink I have crafted and created myself. It's a little bit of rum and a little bit of coke and a whole lot of searching for the one ring. Got some good Lord of the Rings drinky poos going on there. Is there anything you're working on at the hobby bench? Uh, well, the this will be a quick update, though I'm sure I'll manage to drag it out to be far longer than it needs to be. Um, nope. Still, uh, still painting away on Urukai. I'm actually not in my usual hobby hobby hole currently. I am. <laughs> I'm away and have been away since. I basically have been away for a month. Coming up here shortly. So I'm living the life of a hobbyist who's only got a very f- limited number of paints, and you know I brought I brought my uh, I'm staring at them. I could do some quick math. My twelve Urukai warriors with sword and shield and eight pikemen to paint, and uh, I'm making some reasonable progress. But I will not be able to finish them here because I don't have all my paints. So not getting that hit of endorphins uh. for successfully completing a project has certainly slowed me down. Mm. Well, not unlike Bilbo Baggins, I guess you're wishing you were home with the paint pot, just getting ready to sing or something. And a pocket handkerchief, of course. But you will have to do without a good many other things besides pocket handkerchiefs on this journey, Sam. So, third episode. Fifth question, potentially, about you and Lord of the Rings, Ben. This time, let's, let's give me your favourite... Your favorite profile that Games Workshop has rules for, or I guess perhaps a profile that you wish they would create rules for. Um, it can be your favorite for Ooh. competitive reasons, Ooh. 
for, you know, that Tom Bombadil is just the best, you know, for any reason. I want, I want Games Workshop to make a profile for generic man, ally mm. into whatever army list you want. So they might be like warriors from Bree, or if I want some sort of something along the lines of a wild man of Dunland, but but for the good side, mm. some sort of mm. militia that's just sort of cheap and cheerful that you can plug into whatever army list you want. Oh, to I see. I was thinking or... just generic period, and you could, and it would be like a neutral force. So evil men, Ooh. if you wanted them to add to whatever, you know. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, open ended. There you go for both sides. A captain, an evil, an evil man captain character, who's and uh, an evil or good captain and, and a like militia it. man. That would be very cool. Something in the something in the five point range, you know, five cheap six points. And cheerful or cheap and evil, either way. That's a good. That's a yep. that's a, a yep. good response. All right, Sam. So episode three, another question for you, Lord of the Rings moment. What's your favorite moment that you have witnessed or enacted on a battlefield of Ooh, Lord of the Rings strategy is... battle game? Heroic shenanigans of the grandest kind, or you know, a silly man of Lake Town <laughs> vaulting over fences, or whatever it whatever it might be. Something you saw happen on someone else's table, or happened ah, on your it's... own board. There's so many, so many good ones to choose, but I think, I think, I think all of my favorite moments, excepting that Lake Town, that mighty hero of Lake Town, jumping over an obstacle, excepting that, I think the best moments all involve camels, and I think my favorite <laughs> camel charging moment was, it was a doubles game we played, and we were playing against the Last Alliance. And we had a camel charge down the line. He, he like snuck behind the line of elves and charged. I think it was like into an elven warrior, killed him. Into an elven warrior with a banner, killed him. Into Kiadan the shipwright and just wrecked Kiadan the shipwright with this camel charging <laughs> with uh, with impaler hits. It was it's just so good. Every and every single time I think of I think when an elf is killed, I it's. I'm always like, you know, that elf could have been alive for 10,000 years and has just been rudely written down by a camel. <laughs> so I, it was definitely, <laughs> the, it was it was insane. Yeah. I mean, I we've played that army a lot and I feel like I am always blessed with exceptional impaler hits at some point in the game. It may not stick the whole game or they may be like terrible in the beginning, but by the end of it, I'll have had a camel kill at least two people on, in one charge and it's just awesome and that one oh. i think was like one of the, the peak cameling moments oh indeed the most dangerous that creature in middle earth is the camel it has oft been said tolkien while sitting at his writing desk once muttered to himself you know what is the fiercest creature in the whole of arda camel <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's very true Look it up. It's in the footnotes of the Silmarillion or the Unfinished it's Tales. It's in there, I promise, listening. You just have to read all of the different versions. Well, now we know a little bit more about ourselves and a little bit more about the shenanigans we like to employ, mainly camels and, I guess, harmless Bree villagers. So in this episode, we're going to talk about an event that you attend, Ben, solo, by yourself. So this will be a bit of a different episode. It'll be a lot more of Ben talking and a lot less of me droning on and on hopefully though i'll still i promise i'll still get some in there so 
prepping for this event. Give us, you want to give us a quick, a quick lowdown of the event and uh, what the, some of the details and what you're planning to bring. Sure. So the event is nothing particularly special, just a Lord of the Rings gathering for some 650-point games to be played at a local store. No real tournament style. I don't even know if there's a time schedule, if it's just bring your armies and play some games. Everyone's got to have 650 points. Yeah, so that's, that's all I really know about it. Should be fun, and I'm hoping to get some practice in. If I can, I'm hoping to talk some people into playing an 800-point game so that I can practice with some other lists. But as seen before, I'm going to be once again bringing Azog's Legion, led by mm. Bolg. That'll be, that will be, uh, that'll be interesting to see how they perform at, at low points levels. But yeah, I've been thinking about some, how I would, what I would do for those, for that points level with that army. And so it'll uh, be very interested to hear how it performs. And uh, it sounds like a, a cool, a cool little event where you, you know, kind of more friendly, you can try some stuff out. Do you know, are you allowed to change your art, like your list and stuff? I think you can. I, I think you can. Between so I've got a couple of lists written down that I can, they're mainly the same one, largely revolving around the collection of models that I have, but I've got some different ones written down to, to sort of plug and play with uh, different options. So so lay it out, give us, give us your S tier list that you're bringing for 650. Okay, so it is Bolg on the Felwag, as usual, and in his warband there are two bats and four berserkers, two of which are also equipped with two-handed picks. Okay. Then we have Upgush, the mighty orc captain with a shield, accompanied with five orcs with spear and shield, six orcs with shield and one orc with spear shield and banner he's not afraid to get that banner dirty he'll stab you with it he doesn't care and the final warband that's how he gets his new standard <laughs> yep yep picks the dude up with the spear there you yep. go now it's a banner the final warband is the mighty orc captain downruck with a shield accompanied with six orcs with shield and six orcs with spear and shield for a total of 35 models Oh, okay. Wow, that's pretty nice. That other more famous podcast would recommend one model per 20 points. You are over the recommended amount of 32.5 models. I know. So I know, exciting. That's pretty a, nice. A different take, surprising. right? <laughs> it's basically just the list that I've been running minus the monsters and a couple berserkers because it was fairly easy just to pull 150 yeah. points off in that fashion. My goals for this list going in are to really make sure that or to try and make sure that Bolg, who is 175 points, has 175 points worth of impact on the game. You know, he's unlikely to kill 175 points worth of models, I think. Maybe he would, but... I mean, you hit one big hero. One, I guess one big hero him. or, like, three captains. But, yeah. you know, three captains seems like a tall order just to get into. So... He's got to impact the game in other ways as well, I think, as not just straight killing. Yeah, I mean, I think you, you know, you've got the, the charge without line of sight, so if you can keep him to one flank of your, like, battle line, right, and if they, they're going to have to be cautious engaging one of their, any of their big heroes, and, and so in some ways he, he can score points by just, or score points, he can make up points by just, forcing them to not utilize 
their hero. Well, that'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to try the army without any of the monsters at all, and also to try to try out, you know, get get better and use those bats. And, yeah, and see how see that's how the other does. the other goal is to get make those bats do some work. I feel like there's a lot that they can do. It, um, I think maybe I just need to hold them back a little bit and threaten like with them. You know, just the fact that they're on the table yeah. is kind of intimidating. That move twelve is is big. It's a, it's a shame we need to get another two of those so you can have the option of running three or four because something like this, you know, you spend 60 points in bats, so you could like drop one berserker and or like two Gundabads and get another I know. bat in there and I think it, it could be like... I know, there were a lot of options ball. for this that I was like, ooh, if I just had those models. So that was that was the main list you, you're going to try. Do you have a, a second a secondary list if you can swap... Or is or is your plan really to go in and be like this is my six hundred and fifty point list? It's it contains it's gonna be a core of the army I'm playing and that the arm basically if you're playing as Legion with bold, the army is always gonna probably have these models and you just wanna get really solid with those or or are you thinking you might mix it up if so, you want to? Uh largely the first option, largely it is the core of my army, the the big solid core of Gundabads, the two captains and Bolg. The options sort of then I was thinking about 650 points. What if I could sneak the two ogres into 650 points? What does that look like? What do I need to drop to get the two mm. ogres in? So I can keep all the Gundabads for 24 Gundabads and the two captains, or uh, um, sorry, I can and do that and drop the bats and the berserkers out and sneak the two ogres in. If you drop out one Gundabad, both the bats and the four berserkers, you get bulk with two ogres and then 23 Gundabads and two Captains. So that's my other list, just to be like, the Ogres are back. Not as excited about it, because I feel like the Bats have more potential than the Ogres, and the Berserkers are always nice to mm. have. Again, I would like some practice with those Ogres. I feel like they have a lot more potential than I got out of them in my last couple of games. So, What about dropping a Captain and two berserkers and three gundabads or something you know, uh, like drop a captain down because you i wonder have, can you get it all in two warbands yeah i mean you have you have a total of 27 warband yeah. slots yeah at that point and your captain so the I captain gets 12 so bulk has to and you, you said drop a captain who's 55 and two two berserker so i was thinking the captain was one ogre I thought they were 65. No, they're 55. Gundabad Captain's are nice and cheap. But they're only fight four, nice. so, so, you know, hey. <laughs> drop, a, drop a Captain and a Gundabad, that's one Ogre, and then two Berserkers is half an Ogre. And so a Captain, four Gundabad, and two Berserkers? Yeah, something like that. Know? Something like So there. you're taking out six models oh. and adding two, you're taking out four... So it would just fit, I think. It's an interesting idea. Quick, I also have an 800-point list for your consideration. Oh, yes. Which yes, is pretty damn similar to the 650-point list. But it's Bulg on Felwag, accompanied by two Warbats, six Berserkers, two of them with a two-handed pick, and one Orc with a shield, because I had ten points left and no other Warband slots. Um, in the next Warband is a Captain with a shield, a Gundabad Troll with Scythe Gauntlets, one Orc with a Banner, Spear, and Shield, five Orcs with Spear and Shield, and five Orcs with Shield. 
And the final warband is a captain with a shield, six Gundabads with spear and shield, and six Gundabads with shield. For a whole whopping total of 26, 34, 37, 38 models at 250 points. Ah. That's at how many uh, points? Sorry, 800 points. 800, 800, that's right. Did you say you had yeah, bats, bats are in, in there? Yeah, bats are in with Bolg and six Berserkers, and that's his warband, and one Orc. <laughs> I'm a little curious, you've played uh, a Mordor troll in a couple of games. Do you have any troll insights right. for me, that big base, all that power? Again, the Gundabad troll is 120 points. Is it going to kill 120 points worth of models? Probably not. So how do you get it to have 120 points worth of, like, imp on the game? I mean, it is just in the it, 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 if it hits a couple characters, which it can very easily kill. It'll certainly make them spend resources, which will, you know, give Bolg the Bolg not needing strike as often. Or like I, that's why like they're gonna have to strike to be higher than the troll with pretty much every character, right? So, I you know I think there's an argument for putting Bolg and the troll on different flanks and walking around. I think there's an argument with sticking them together. I think basically. You just kind of use the troll and get him up to where he's the first thing they have to hit and just have have stuff in reserve. I, I think just be really wary of terrain and not going... Because the, the, the issue I ran into when I used my mortal troll was he wasn't able to, to, like, to get into as many mm. models as you'd like. And because with that big round base, you can really... You can, if they're in just a straight line of... 25 mils like ranked up you can probably hit two yeah. of them right which is fine but it's it's not it's not ideal. no um, no exactly and that's why i was thinking like is he really gonna get 120 points worth of kills if he kills some characters sure for sure i mean but if you you know if you play let's say you play that a rohan army again uh if you put him into two royal guards yeah that's true. You, know, you can easily kill two royal guard, and they're I think on horse. They're like seventeen a pop, so that starts to mm -hmm. rack up. You know, the cavalry bonus doesn't really matter. He's what defense eight. Yeah, eight or nine. He's he's pretty up there. Four wounds too, which makes him very survivable. Yeah. So the other thing to say is that he has a captain buddy that hangs out with him, and that captain's job is like this might is for heroic combats. And we each go into we you know the troll and the, my captain picks on one model hopefully it's like a cavalry model or something that's got some value and then you send the troll into another two models because that should be pretty doable yeah he's defense um, eight and, and then you're getting three models with a yeah yeah so you know yeah that's interesting sixes by fours on the long captain stuff. of the heroic combat that's a good one and if I'm not facing a wizard or a Nazgul, something that can compel, I need to make sure that I leave him enough room that, you know, if I lose priority and get charged, I can barge that guy back and give myself enough room to then go kill two guys. Because he wants to be in combat with, yeah. like you said, at least two guys per turn. Because he's killing most things on twos, yeah. which is so cool. It's awesome. No, I am really excited to, you know, I hope that you get a chance. I think in my, my dream for you in this event is that you get to 
played three 650 point games potentially just with that first list you had just to get some good reps with it and the like core section of your army and then you also get an 800 point game just to try yeah. to troll out yeah trolls definitely definitely for funsies he's just so cool he's so cool i did think about yeah. like you said i did think about putting him in the 650 list but if you don't have bolg or azog in azog's legion it feels like you're giving up the army bonus which is huge that master of battle is so good and given that the, yeah, yeah i mean it seems too much too much to give that at up. that point at that point you just need to pick another evil yeah. force that's a yellow alliance that's going to be good to add you could take a gun to bad captain and the troll and then the three named trolls <laughs> and you don't you don't lose anything for the yeah that's points. a good point that would well, be hilarious how many points is that i i um the three trolls are 400 on the nose okay so yeah that's like 800 800 points so, you could you could sneak no, how many not. the bonfire is 15 so 415 and a gundabad captain and the troll is, is 175 i'm sorry yeah 175 gundabad captain and the troll so five 600 that's hilarious <laughs> Right, and then you get you know six hundred. You've got fifty points left. You could take a gun to bed. And no, no, no. You take one goblin mercenary captain and, and just like you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean the thing you want to be careful is the break point there. But yeah, that's true. Huh, that would be funny. Well, four trolls, a gun to bed captain, yeah, and fifty points left to spend on whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. Well, I look forward to to hearing how this event goes. next segment of episode three for you mere moments have passed but for ben and i it's been quite a while so we're going to catch up with ben and see how his event went hoping for some victories for the forces of gundabad right so i think as we as we mentioned the last time, we weren't sure, or you weren't sure, how the event was actually going to be organized as to whether it was going to be, you know, a, a straight up, basically organized as a tournament, but like it's all friendly, so no podium places, whether it was going to awkwardly picking dance partners in middle school, wait, uh, maybe, you know, or, um, or what. So, so give us the, give us the rundown. What was the, how was it organized? Was it names out of a hat, dice rolling? What was the situation? It was good old-fashioned dice rolling. So all the players, all the participants, each rolled a die, and starting with the player that rolled highest, we went round in a, in a uh, you know, from player to player, starting with the player that rolled highest, uh, picking opponents. So, you know, you roll a six, you get to choose first, and you get to choose who you fought against. Ah, nice. I don't really think anyone knew each other, so I just picked the other person that rolled a four. I rolled a four, I got to pick second or third or something, and then someone else had rolled a four, and I had run the roll-off for fours. And, it's uh, destiny. Uh, it's fate. Yeah. yeah. I, was, I didn't know anyone. I was just like, you also rolled a four, we rolled twice, let's roll more dice together. Nice. Nice, very cool. Um, and anything else about this event? I think you mentioned to me the scenarios were chosen in a potentially different way. So we got to pick uh, the scenarios based on a veto system. So one of us would roll on the scenario pool, and then we would go back and forth. We'd roll off and take turns to go back and forth and discard a scenario that we didn't want to play out of that pool. 
Uh, nice. I do. I haven't played an event like that, but I do like the theory of it where you just. I'm an entire infantry force and I'm playing against the Rohan army. I'm not going to just get screwed and reconnoiter or, you know, I yeah, never exactly. want to play seize the prize or storm the camp. Yeah, get a chance to throw away the scenarios you just don't like and, and hope that there aren't two of them in one pool. It adds, as uh, as is, it's commonly referred to in, I think, Star Wars Legion is the game, but it adds, like, the turn zero where you can already start making tactical sound decisions Ah, yes. Well, that's a good way to think about it. Maybe next time I will look at it in that light. A new power is rising. Its victory is at hand. So let's dive right into it then. Round one, you were playing the other roller of a four, or the other guy who rolled a four. Um, what was he playing and what was the scenario? All right, so I was playing against Vinny and he had brought the Defenders of Dale mm. uh, with Bard and Brand and Haldir uh, of an allied force of Wood Elves. This is... Uh, is King Brand and Bard the Second, I assume. That is correct. King Brand and Bard the Second. But he had painted them up all purple with grapes on their shields because they weren't those characters. He were they were counts as warriors and they were actually wine merchants from a local town nearby and elves that had elected to not go west and to stay behind and enjoy the fruits of Middle Earth. So they were the Darwinian wine merchants and he had little barrel shaped objectives for them and stuff. Yeah, it was a pretty awesome. pretty neat army. Very nice. That's, it's always cool when people, you know, pick some profiles to represent something else. I think I always I always enjoy that kind of kind of no matter what the game system is. I think it's fun. It's a good way to be like, oh, I really like I really like the idea of this. You know, defenders of Bree. So I'm going to do a Lake Town army and have a count as Barleyman Butterbur yeah. on a horse as my bard and uh, you know for, you know whatever it is. That now I kind of want to do that. That'd be so. Dumb. Yeah, you have to be on a pony, right? And make it. You have to be on a pony. You <laughs> have to have a Bilbo Cantner's hob or something, or knob or whatever the, the Hobbit's uh, yeah, name is. Knob. Is he a Hobbit? I guess he is, right? He is a Hobbit. Yeah. He is okay. Not... Calls him like a, a woolly-footed slowcoach or something uh, like that. Ah, yes, that would make sense. There, it's probably some Hobbit racism right there. Yeah, yeah, but he's Barleyman. He's just you know. Right. One thing has driven out the other. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that'd be great. Yeah. You could also, because you, defenders of, or um, survivors of Lake Town can take Gandalf the Grey, so you could absolutely have Gandalf in there too. This is perfect. This army might have to happen. Uh, <laughs> yeah. so dumb. Can you imagine just using the four-drawed Barleyman where he's holding the bread and the beer, I think it is, and just like <laughs> cut him off at the waist and he's just riding the horse? <laughs> <laughs> so good. Throwing loaves of bread at people instead of shooting a bow. Oh my god, right? <laughs> oh. Um, so, we had a very cool garrison of Dale, Counts as army, we were playing against, and what scenario were you playing? We were playing Fog of War on a cool Rohan board with some houses and, and you know, farm farm stuff. Nice. 
You want to give us a rundown of Fog of War, Sam? I surely do. Fog of War, scenario number 11 from the match play guide. Definitely a scenario that I know we both thoroughly enjoy. It is a 12-inch deployment zone, and the game ends on after one player has broken on a one or a two, the game ends. So it's a variable game length. Um, and at the beginning of the game, you nominate one of your heroes who is not your leader, and you're trying to keep them alive. You nominate one of your opponent's heroes who is not their leader, who you're trying to kill. And you nominate a piece of terrain that's at least partially in your opponent's half of the board that you're trying to control at the end of the game. You also get uh, points for breaking your opponent and the additional point for not being broken and breaking them. So lots of lots of mental games can be brought. As we both said, a scenario we both enjoy with the potential for lots of different things that people are trying to run around and do. Did you find at 650 points it was different to 800 as far as like, you know, less characters to choose from, less character. I think you had the same number of characters you did in yours, so that to choose to say it to protect. But um, did you, were you, was it more of a like, well, he's only got brand, I guess he had three, so. Yeah, so you're alluding to the game that I played at Adepticon, which was the same scenario. No, this was actually really similar. The armies both mine and his had really similar model counts in both games mm. and i found that both games the while they were very different like the strategy was kind of the same gotcha yeah it would yeah. be interesting to see across the the tournament you know like if it's 650 points if you bring aragon you'll probably only bring one other hero yeah versus 800 points you could have aragon and like three other heroes kind of thing so right yeah. No. Yeah, I would, these two games were fairly, fairly like each each of my opponent had three heroes, right. you know, a general, a combat hero, and a stay away, stay out of combat sort of hero. So, nice. You know, they were they were pretty pretty similar. Um, ben, why don't you give <laughs> us a quick rundown of the list your opponent was bringing? So I don't have an exact copy of his list because he had it on his phone on some sort of weird app, and I tried to take pictures of it, and it they just didn't come out. But it was. King Brand leading a warband of maybe eight warriors, uh, Knights of Dale, half of them with spear and shield, half of them with sword and shield. Then we've got Bard leading a similar sized warband, maybe eight or ten warriors, all with sword and shield, no spears, and one warrior or one Knight of Dale with a banner and shield. He may have had a spear, I don't remember. Uh, and then the last warband is Haldir leading about 10 Wood Elves, all with spears, and notably none of them with bows. I guess his bow experience was somewhat similar to mine, which is, you know, they don't accomplish anything. So he just decided not to bring any. I think he should have had some just to threaten, like, say, my bats or, or something. But um, I was not complaining when I saw that he had no bows. Well, that sounds like a pretty cool, pretty probably relatively standard army of Dalis. Do you know, do you happen to know the model count? You said it was similar to yours? Yeah, I think it was right around 30. Each of the warbands was between 10, 8 and 10 with the leader, so 30, 33, something like that. So Ben, let's, um, let's talk about your objectives and any thoughts potentially you had for your opponent's objectives. First off, you, uh, you had to choose to protect a character that wasn't bold, so who did you choose? So I chose Upgush, my up captain my captain with his sword in the air i've got a choice of two captains and they're largely the same so i just picked one at random and i felt good about him that battle he's the captain that leads the warband with the banner yeah 
That's a solid, solid choice. A captain out of your two options, or options of two captains. Who were you trying to kill? So I've got the choice of Bard or Haldir. Haldir with one fate because he dies. And Bard with two fate. Bard the second, I should say, with two fate. Perhaps a less obvious choice. So I sneakily double bluffed my opponent. He was talking about how I should pick Haldir. And I was like, yeah, uh-huh, going to pick Haldir. Nope, I picked Bard the second. Figured he would might be more likely to be in the action and, and could get taken down. Excellent. And was there a obvious choice for terrain piece or was there a natural? So there were like two reasonable sized Rohan houses in his backfield and I picked one of those. Uh, my plan was to rush the other one and make him think that it was that one and then towards the end of the game just fly my bats over and uh, score the objective. Yeah, exactly. And so obviously we can guess that or we can know that he is trying to kill one of your two captains. Mm -hmm. Did you have a sense of who you thought he, you, you, I figured he was going to try and protect Bard the second. I think he did. I think he did pick Bard the second to protect. And I had no idea which of my captains he was going to pick. He, he played it like he was, he had a good poker face. I had no idea what building he was going for. There were maybe three Rohan houses for him to choose uh, between. Mm. So there was just no, no way for me to know really there. And again, I just decided to kind of just see what happened. Give myself the option of running yeah. back to defend something if I had to with berserkers or bats. Yeah, it's kind of fog of war, man. You don't know what's going to happen. That's what makes it so good. Well, the stage is set. Let's get into it. How did how did this go down? So, real quick deployment. His army is strung out in a long, thin line. We've got... Brand leading his warband on one flank. There's a big rock in, bet in between the next warband, which is Bard, and Haldir is behind Bard and his warriors backing, the elves backing up the Knights of Dale with spears. And I'm in a big clump between two Rohan houses right opposite them, and won the first priority, and we both move up, you know, whatever, no one cares, there's no shooting. Um, I won the next priority, and now we're, like, facing off each other. And I had been sort of shuffling my army towards that one Rohan house that I hadn't picked, just to sort of fake him out a little bit and see if I couldn't get him to also come that way. And also I was trying to get his army to break up around that rock that he was in the middle of his deployment zone with the hope of not engaging all of it at once. And now we're getting to that critical time, the first real priority, who's going to get to charge who, who's going to uh, decide how it all goes down. I had jumped one of my bats over into the backfield really close to that building and he had some guys next to them, you know, because I had one priority and moved my bat and some of his battle line were running off to that bat. So they're within striking range of the bat. I want priority. He wants to, to bring my bat down. And I won the priority, but Haldir calls a move. So my down rook, my other captain that I'm not protecting, calls a counter move, but he wins the roll off. So Haldir moves into combat with the orc battle line. A couple of knights of Dale run off and tag my bat, backed up by an elf, and then you know battle lines just just crash together. Good old, good old initial initial crash. I had managed to leave Bulg back back a little bit with a gap between my battle lines so that he could charge out but not be charged. Learning to leave those holes. Excellent. And would oh, go you, ahead. had you? Had you won the heroic move off, would you have been able to stop his heroic move? Yes, I could have gotten an orc okay. into... Or if not an orc into Haldir, okay. I could have gotten a berserker into him, like moved a couple of orcs out of the way and then thrown a berserker through the hole. Or even the bat could have... Well, actually, no, the bat, bat was out of range. Right, um, right. That was going to be the um, question. Was it like... Oh, it's a good question. If Haldir was in the, 
if Haldir was in the second rank, right, then it just doesn't make sense to call a counter move because the only thing it sounds like you're really trying to protect is the bat that you put in the back field. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Looking at my pictures that I take, and I think you're right, I probably should have just uh, let him have the move. But as it was, I, I called a counter move. Possibly wasting a might that I could have used later. Interesting. Ooh, that's why we review games, Sam. That's why we review games. I hadn't even... Right. I've, like, gone over this game a couple of times. I hadn't, hadn't even thought of that. I hadn't even thought of that. So the battle lines are locked, and I do the classic Bolg thing where I call... Bolg is right next to Bard, my target. And I call the Bolg heroic combat, so Bard calls a strike. And we both... It was a bloody first turn. We both killed five guys. Five Gundabads going down, five Knights of Tail going down. My bat uh, won his combat, but didn't kill anybody, so he was safe. He did get charged, but he was safe. And King Brand and his guys didn't quite manage to make it into combat with me because I had I'd like sort of backed away from that flank a little bit. And then I won the next priority, so I've won the first four priorities so far. So just real quick before we move on into the next few turns, you had mentioned that you did the standard Bulk Call of Heroic Combat and fate and bake out the strike i assume you did not go into bard the second at that point you just uh, no. moved off no so yeah bold killed his first target he was only in combat with one guy that's fine killed his first target jumped off swung his base all sideways and weird slid through a hole and uh tagged two elves and proceeded to slaughter two more elves so that was that was pretty great so that's three kills for bog then so he's one three, away three kills terror? for bog yep He's, he's already causing terror and uh, two away from Harbinger of Evil. Oh, nice. It's three. Okay. Yep. Very nice. Very nice. Um, um, meanwhile, so... on the other flank, I, I forgot to mention this. I should have, should have mentioned it. Meanwhile, on the other flank, Haldir is in combat with a Berserker and an Orc with a Spear support. So he's up against four dice and flubs it, rolls a four on his dual roll and decides to spend his last two might to win the fight Oof. against. So now Haldir's out of might uh, after the first. Every day of the week. Yeah, right. I mean, he managed to kill a Berserker. He, like, turned around and skewered the Berserker, but still. Because I rolled the six, he got it on the fight. He also rolled a six. But, yeah, it was, uh, it was, pretty, it was pretty nice to see Haldir just lose all of his might right there on that first turn. Well, first round of, first turn of combat, right? Yeah, first round of combat. First real turn. First, yeah. first blood. I mean, there's been no shooting. It was, it was the, <laughs> the first real turn. Doesn't Haldir just straight come with a bow? Probably, uh, probably he does come with a bow. He could probably could have taken some shots with him, but yeah, he just was like, no, shooting, shooting sucks. Does he get two shots a turn? He does get two shots. I fought okay. the legendary legion, at, uh, Helm defenders of Helm's Deep, in in it with with him with a whole bunch of elf bows. All right, so it's you've been you've been taking the priorities, getting some kills, but your opponent is also getting kills. You wanna and you uh, you wanna sort of move forwards to the next the next. Big, was there a big swing coming? The next two turns are really like sort of where it goes. I won the next priority again. Bol goes into combat with some more guys and he throws everything in. Bard goes in and strikes up. Bol gets his free strike. And yeah. Brand is running around the side calling heroic combats and slaughtering orcs on my other flank. Meanwhile, Haldir is in the same combat again against a berserker and two orcs. And my bats are flopping around doing bat shenanigans. Uh, I threw one of them into a Knight of Dale and he, he turned around and killed him. Uh, Bulg? Uh, no, the, bulk, the bat killed the Knight of Dale. So ah, the, bat, the bats are like right. getting kills and, and doing right. cool bat yeah. stuff. Yeah. 
Uh, Brand wins his combat, gets a heroic fight. Haldir slaughters another berserker. He's slaying berserkers that Haldir over in the corner. Was Haldir bane of berserkers all day, all game. He oh, uh, uh, spoiler alert for the next two turns. He gets the same combat like a berserker and two orcs for the next three turns and wins every time and always kills the berserker. It was brutal. I just needed to win one fight and bring him down, but I never managed to kill Haldir. He was in the corner slaying orcs all day. Bolg took two turns to take down Bard. Finally managed to take down Bard on the second round of combat and strike-offs. So I got my target there. I was pretty pleased. Meanwhile, the captain that I'm trying to protect pairs up with a bat. The bat manages to knock down Vinny's banner, and then the captain sneaks into the banner. Yeah. Uh, running, running, and also, more importantly, running away from King Brand, who has now, like, battled his way over this hay wagon into my backfield and is just, like, slaughtering orcs in the backfield and killed killed my banner that same turn, too. So now we're both out of a banner. And just this, like, all of a sudden he pulls three guys off the trail of his one flank and they start running over to this building in my backfield. I'm like, aha, that's the target. So I send a berserker and two orcs and a captain over there to go fight it out. And over the next couple of turns, I managed to whittle him down. Uh, my captain calls a heroic combat, thinking to heroic combat and just, like, mop it all up in one go. But flubs his rolls and doesn't kill the one guy that him and two other orcs are in combat with. It was a captain, an orc, oh, and a spear geez. support in combat with one knight, and then two other knights fighting my berserker. The berserker manages to, like, fight off his guys but not kill anyone, and the captain's like, Oh, heroic combat and save you, berserker! But, but no, it doesn't happen. Womp womp. Womp But I've killed my target, that's good. And I know where he's, he's the building that he's trying to defend or capture, and I'm fighting him off of there, so that's good. So I was feeling, feeling pretty good about the game. I ended up breaking him shortly after this, and on the last turn of the game, King Brand goes into combat with Bolg. I'm one model away from breaking. He's already broken. You know, the game may end on this turn or not. And it's just Bolg and Brand, and he's like, I'm thinking about shielding with Brand. I'm like, if you shield you're never going to do anything you've the game is already pretty much over it's gone my way it's been really close but it's now kind of tipped my way you should strike so he decides to strike bog and bog like flubs his roll and brand wins the combat and he needs two sixes uh to kill bog because bog's already taken a hit at some point in there he took he took some wounds uh fighting fighting some guys i forget exactly when and he throws three sixes on on uh Brand's fate. Brand's completely out of might too, so he needed needed those sixes. Oh. And on the last turn of the game, takes down Bolg, kills Bolg. Not that he gets any points for that, but it was a pretty right. good moral victory for him. Right. What um what killed And then the game ended Bolg that turn. Game. He rolled it and uh, got a got a two. Ended the game. Uh, well, a, a thematic way to end the game. I mean, yeah. I guess killing Bolg, he did get because if that did that break you. Yeah, it did break me. So he got one. So Bol- he killed Bolg and broke me and got one victory point. And there was, I guess, a two-point swing, right? Because otherwise you'd have got two points and you would have got nothing. So yeah, yeah. Basically, and uh, one of your points. Yeah, I broke him, which was one point. I I defended my hero. I'm sorry, Upgush never took any wounds, and I killed Bard as my target. So I got a total of seven points. My bat was making a mad break for the building. Once I realized that he was broken, I was like, oh, whoops! I should probably have moved a little sooner, mm-hmm. and didn't didn't make it to the building. But still, a victory a victory uh, for the forces of Gundabad, and a really fun game. Uh, Vinny was awesome. a super awesome opponent. Great. Well, that sounds like uh, quite a good start. Nice nice major victory there. And as, as we had said in the previous section, you talked about one of the things you were trying to achieve in this event was Bolg having uh, 175 points worth of impact on every game. Do you think, do you, think you achieved that? 
in this game. I mean, he scored three-sevenths of my victory points for me. He got me three victory points, killing killing Bard. He did lose a combat in there and, and took a wound. Um, or lost his fate, which is how Brand was able to kill him at the end. But, he, yeah, he then turned around and, and proceeded to kill Bard the next turn. So, And he did his bold maneuver. He wasted someone's might, which is always good. So I'd say in this game... Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'd say, say he got his points back. It's a bummer that he died at the end of the game. I, I felt like, you know, he was running around with two wounds and no fate. He should have been, um, like, at least okay. Not not just one-shotted by a hero with no might. Yeah, that's a... But it's a dice game. It happens. Yeah, it is a dice game. And it wasn't even... He wasn't surrounded or anything, too. It was, it was a one-off fight. Go. I feel like uh, anytime anyone's ever opting to shield, you don't talk him out of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, there, there you go. Lesson learned. Lesson learned. Yeah. And I did a good job no, this game too with keeping Bolg next to the banner up until the banner got my flank collapsed and uh, yeah. the hero punched through and killed my banner, which is what happens to my banners. Yeah, no, definitely something that uh, that you need to work on. I think is your uh, banner placement, perhaps. Yeah, but at the same time, I managed to kill his banner with a similar maneuver. So yeah, yeah. The bat plucking the banner over, and then the the hero, the captain coming in for the kill on the knockdown was awesome. Getting yeah, enough yeah, orcs in there cool. to pin everyone else out of the combat, and yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Well, a good round one. And then, um, so moving into round two, how was, how was that pairing decided? Was it, you know, was it just a, a random, like, did everyone who won play somebody else who won? What was the... I think basically what happened was the first two tables to finish just swapped opponents, and then the next two tables, there were four four tables going so then the, the next two tables just sort of swapped opponents gotcha. as well yeah, that's cool nice yeah yeah fairly fairly simple and i ended up playing against matt and his son evan who were organizing the event and since there were an odd number of players they teamed up to play together so that they could you know someone wasn't sitting out basically so and i got to bring my 800 point list with the troll which was just great to put him on the table he looks super cool that big gundabad troll yeah. Super mean. Super sweet monster. So you you had to play your eight hundred point list with the troll. Super excited there for that. What were you playing against and what was the scenario? So I was up against the new legendary legion with the Dragon Emperor, whatever that's called. The Riders of the Dragon Emperor, perhaps. <laughs> so uh, <fun>. Throwback. <laughs> right? For the, for the eagle eared listeners. Yeah. To episodes days of your two episodes ago. One, yeah, one episode ago. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, so we're playing against the Dragon Emperor Legendary Legion, which was led by the Dragon Emperor on his palanquin, and in his warband there were 12 Dragon Warriors, or Dragon Knight Acolytes, or no, the Dragon Knight Warriors, the, the good ones that were the fight and the courage and the, so, the free upgrade. So those, would be, so those would be Black Dragons. Black Dragons, thank you, Sam. So in his warband there are 12 Black Dragons and 6 Black Dragon Cataphracts on horses. Hmm. Then we've got Rutabi, who is the combat hero with the spear. And she's got a whole bunch well, of Easterlings with she pikes. Have she doesn't have a spear? Oh, maybe it's just yeah. the model. Looks like it has some sort of spear-y thing. Or I'm getting it confused with the Dunlanding no, hero. That's... The model maybe with a spear is 
the other is the shaman. Bargear. Oh, look Bargear. at me getting heroes mixed up again. Because they had the two new heroes, uh, Rutabi yeah. and Bargear, the, the combat hero and the shaman, each with pretty identical warbands of uh, about 10 or so Easterlings with pikes and, and, and whatnot. And there was like one dragon cult acolyte with throwing knives in there who proceeded to roll wands to hit most of the game with his trusty throwing knives, which is pretty great. Excellent. Trying to but snipe has, people out from the top of a wall. But has been rolling sixes at gym non-stop because those dudes are yoked. <laughs> yeah, they are. He even tried to do his funny combat like down a wall thing and, and, and roll a two or something. He was not, not all he was cracked up to be. Awesome. So we rolled on, I forget the pool number, but it's sort of the movement one with Storm the Camp, Reconnoiter, and another one. And it was my choice to pick first, and looking back on it, I probably should have not done this, but I threw out Storm the Camp, because I just don't really like that scenario. Yeah, that's that's fair, but I think, I think as, as you said, hindsight being twenty twenty, I think getting rid of Reconnoiter would have been the way to go for you. Yes, because they got rid of whatever the other scenario is, and we ended up playing Reconnoiter, which is a terrible mission for me. And it's what I get for not reading the scenario book, because I was not at all familiar with this uh, scenario. So, do you want to give uh, us a rundown of the scenario, Sam, so that, that if there are any listeners out there like me that don't know what it is, we can learn my foolish errors. So, it's sort of a maelstrom of battle mission. with a, It's got a special rule of reinforcements. You roll for each of your warbands separately. Um, on a one, two, or three, the warband doesn't come on, but next turn it gets plus one to the roll. On a four, five, or six, it walks on from your table edge, basically. You score, and the, the point of the game is you're trying to get more models off your opponent's table edge than they get. The potential of up to seven victory points for that. You also score one victory points for wounding the enemy leader. There's no or two if you kill it instead. And then finally, if the, your force is broken, or if you break the enemy force, you get one victory point. If the enemy force is broken and yours is not, you instead get three. Yeah, so there you have it. Reconnoiter, getting guys off the table, not a great mission for an all-infantry force. Right, especially fighting at least some amount of cavalry. Yeah, six cataphracts, and one of them has got the drum. They're, they can really fly. They can really fly. I got priority. No, they got. I'm sorry, they got priority. The whole army moves on. Pretty much in the center of their line. We're in some sort of ruined city thing, which pretty well bottlenecked the middle of the board. There was like one funnel they could go through on the middle, and then there was a flank that either of us could sort of run down, but it was difficult to move from the flank to the center area because of the buildings and doors and, and stuff like that. Pretty cool Osgiliath table. And then I, you know, start moving on my ter my table edge. Bold comes on the table, runs on like a champion with his berserkers and his bats. The captain with the regular warband, just orcs, no banner, runs on the table just fine. And the warband with the banner and the troll is uh, so not appearing in this film and does not show up on the first turn. Which uh, is like well, really the one that I wanted on the table. But they did show up next turn and we, you know... I sent my berserkers down the flank and the, the cataphract cavalry go down the flank. They beat the drum and everyone just sort of shoots forwards. And my goal was just to try and lock up the emperor and his uh, shield wall pike line of Easterlings in the center of the table. There was like this one small piece of terrain so that they like would funnel to the left and to the right. And I was like going to try and block the bigger area with the troll and a couple of orcs and the block the other area with another line of orcs. 
and get Bolg in there and then just try and get my Berserkers past the, and my Bats past the Cataphracts and uh, get some guys off the table is what I was going for. Yeah, I'm going to kind of skim through this one a little bit. We didn't get to finish the game because we were playing a larger points game. Everyone else was playing a 650 game. And when, you know, when they were done, it was time to switch, switch players. Bolg got knocked off his Felwag by uh, a Tremor. He resisted the first one, but the second one tremored him down. Mm. Uh, the Cataphracts got past my Berserkers. Three of my Berserkers I sent into the middle, and I shouldn't have done this. I should have kept sending him around the flank. But two cataphracts run off. The other one stays behind to kill one of my berserkers, and the other one's just like legging it for the backfield. And meanwhile, the two, the other three, are running into the middle. The bats jumped on the drum and killed the drum, which had already nice. done its purpose, which was cool, you know. But then the next turn, I lost priority, and the couple of horsemen that were in the round the backfield turned around and killed my bats. So I traded my bats for the drum. Don't know I if think, I love that choice. No, but, I think I think you should have kept them out of combat and have. And just be like, well, these are my two models that get off the board. Yep, yep. That's what I should have done. But uh, three of their cataphracts got off. In the middle of the board, Bolg is trying to get into combat with Rutabi, but he can't because of just overlapping control zones from the pikemen, so I can't even call any heroic combats with Bolg. He's like killing one Easterling a turn, but he just can't really get into combat. If I'd had a couple more turns, I definitely would have uh, turned around and killed Rutabi. It was just a matter of time. But meanwhile, this wall of Easterlings is just pushing my guys back, winning most of the combats, maybe not killing a lot of Orcs, but they've just, like, flooded through this gap in the, uh, in the field. Sort of pushed, pushed past the, the line where I was trying to bottleneck them and, and flood through. Meanwhile, on the other side of the piece of the terrain, my troll is uh, lining up to go into just a huge mass of pikemen, which scatter, scatter off to the side, some of them coming around to go past Bolg and, uh, and the fight with Rutabi, and some of them running off to the other flank, which is why I pulled my berserkers in to try and try and bottleneck that up a little bit. And the Dragon Emperor comes around to face off against my troll and uh, strikes up and, and rolls a one on his, on his strike, heroic strike. So he's tied fight with the troll, which was pretty hilarious. But he gets a whole pile of Easterlings in there with him, and there's one Easterling that's managed to like sneak around and get behind my troll. So my troll is technically surrounded. And I'm like, not today, good sir. And I throw two captains with two spear supports into that one captain, into that one Easterling. And I call heroic combat because I lost priority and I need that Easterling to die so my troll's not trapped. And I couldn't kill him. Mm. <laughs> couldn't kill him. Same. I had six dice and I just could not roll a six to kill that Easterling. I, didn't, uh, I don't even know if my, either of my captains got a five. So the troll's trapped, loses the fight on the roll-off with the Elven Glaive but lives the turn, does not get killed. The captain, the Easterling Emperor, throws uh, six dice from himself, six dice from his, his palanquin, and then there are about five dice coming in from regular Easterlings, and they inflict a total of three wounds on that troll, and he's sitting pretty for another turn with one wound left. But he did die the next turn. He wasn't going to take, take two turns of that, and uh, we, we called the game off. We called the game after that point. Bolg was just getting ready to go kill stuff, but didn't still hadn't really gotten stuck in, and, you know, there's not... I didn't do a great job of marking down stuff, but yeah, wasn't no. a really it wasn't a really interesting game. No, not a not a great scenario for you. Yeah, and sounds definitely sound definitely some misplays. Yeah, I could have definitely could have just committed all six of my berserkers and the two bats to getting off the table, which would have been you know something. There were horsemen that they would have had to deal with, but you know three of the horse three of the six cataphracts were off the table, so. There was only yeah. a little bit in the backfield. But that Emperor in the Fight 5, well, higher fight than me is higher fight than me. And the Pike Wall is, is really good. 
You know, I'm yeah. always out, always outnumbered. Yeah, but there are still only strength three, so yeah, not six, a, not a lot of my guys died. Six on a lot of them is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was not a very killer game. We each killed like five or six models, mostly because like he would win fights, they would win fights, and I wouldn't die, and then I would win fights and not get any kills. Yeah. Um, the troll did before he got into the Dragon Emperor. He uh, he barged one guy and then slew two other guys like a champion. So he was gearing up. He was definitely like a threat. It's kind of a shame that Ball got shut down in the way that he did. But a lesson learned. I didn't realize that's how control zones worked. And now I will watch out for that in yeah, the future. Do indeed. Yeah. Well, you know, sounds like uh, not the greatest game, but not terrible. So and I'm think... really glad I got to put that troll on the table. He yeah. looked so cool. Hell yeah. Just so imposing. One day, one day we'll play a game with two trolls. And we'll just constantly go, two trolls! Like two genes, yep. but anyway. But two trolls. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, moving on into the final game of the day. You are currently one, one major win and what probably ended up being, or would have been one major defeat. Yes, yes, that sounds about right. So, one for one. So had some fun so far one more one more game to make Bog worth his points and uh, get that winning record how did yeah. it how did it go who were you playing what were you playing against and what was the mission so I was playing against Tom and he had brought the fiefdoms we've got okay. Prince Imrahil on the armored horse with two knights of Dol Amroth in his warband we've got a captain of Dol Amroth with no warband on an armored horse. Okay. okay. We've got Forlong the Fat on armored horse. Oh, sorry, just on a regular horse. And he's accompanied by four axemen of Loss March. Yeah. Five Loss and March, something like that. Five clansmen of Lamadon. One knight of Dol Amroth with sword and shield. And one knight of Dol Amroth with banner. And then two men at arms. And then the final warband is Dern here with eight Black Veil archers. Oh, cow. So kind of interesting, right? There's only two Knights of Dol Amroth in there. The captain is on his own. Furlong the like... Fat's got a warband, but it's already got another banner with it. So an interesting army. Yeah, indeed. A lot of shooting threat from those Black Veil archers with, the ca with their uh, captain there. Yeah, but they're still only strength two bows, so... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. well, interesting. I certainly would have looked at that and felt rather confident, I think, but... I, yeah, I felt, I felt pretty good about it. Um, you, Tom was a really models? nice guy. Oh, how, how many, many models? models? It's not many. It's like less than 20, I think. Wow. Maybe a little over 20. Oh, I can't count right now. Uh, well, <laughs> not, on this, not on this little picture, but that's fine. It's, yeah, it's, it's a small army. <laughs> interesting. Um, and uh, what was the mission you guys were playing? So the mission is the Command the Battlefield mission. We, again, we vetoed back and forth and ended up with Maelstrom. Command uh, the Battlefield. Yes. Command the Battlefield. I don't mind this one as a Maelstrom battle goes. So it's the game ends after you quarter, after somebody's quartered, and it's victory points for controlling table quarters. You also get victory points for wounding and killing the enemy leader and victory points for breaking the enemy force. There's the special rule, obviously, as you said, it's male sort of battle. The other special rule is worthless land, which basically just means a 12 inch bubble in from the center 
if you're in that, you don't count towards scoring, which is pretty nice. So you can't just blob in the middle and have like your whole army hold the battlefield. Yeah. And so, yeah, definitely against a low model count army, I would feel pretty, with movement of the berserkers and the bats, I would feel uh, very confident, I think, going in. Yeah, I felt pretty good about this one. Tom was a really nice guy, but an Age of Sigmar player and was fairly new to Lord of the Rings. So I wanted him to have a fun game, but I was also, you know, he, he made some mistakes. Soul. I didn't want to crush his soul because I want him to like come back from Age of Sigmar and come play more Lord of the spend all his money on Lord of the Rings. In fact, he did. The only uh, model for sale in the store was Gandalf the White on horse because Tom had come in and bought all the other Lord of the Rings stuff out of the store already. So awesome. uh, good for him. Good on you. Dive on into Hell it. Yeah. Dude, it's the best game. Yeah, yeah. So I won the first priority on Maelstrom, which is not an ideal choice, but I did get a pretty ideal choice for my warbands because I got to choose where each and every one of them came in. So, oh, nice. you know, I don't know where he, he is, but at least I get to choose. Half my warband came in on, like, the west board edge and half of it came on the south board edge. So my forces split up. Bolg and one warband are on the, on the west board edge and my other warband with the banner is on the south board edge. You know, whatever, split up, yeah. but that's Maelstrom, that's what happens. Uh, I could have put them in the corners so they'd be really close together, but they came in like right on the center of their edges. They were, they were just going to get on the field and then see what happened. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I was just thinking about that too, because like you don't, if you commit to a corner and then your opponent gets to choose on the opposite side where the next warband goes, you run into the risk of them kind of being even further apart than you just if you just stuck them in the center. Yeah, and it's a small game. I've got plenty of might for marches. I wasn't I wasn't yeah. too worried. So he rolls on and Furlong comes in on the north board edge and, and marches onto the table. And Dern here comes in on the east board edge. He gets to choose both of these, by the way. So it was a very civilized Maelstrom game. No one was getting thrown in places they didn't want to go. Uh, but Imrahil was uh, polishing his armor or, or whatever and did not. He rolled a one and did not show up on the first turn. And I was like, you could use a might. And he was like, no, I don't, I don't want to use a might. I'll see. If he, if he doesn't come on next turn, I'll use a might. And I was like, okay, okay. Next turn rolls around and everyone's maneuvering forwards. I left a clump of orcs in a building. I left six orcs on the southern board edge, loitering between two table quarters. They could jump one way or they could jump the other way. I felt I felt so confident I really just didn't mind leaving a force of six orcs behind to, to wait one table quarter one way or the other. And the rest of that warband runs forwards and Bolg and his other guys are, are running forwards, weathering some some fire from the Black Veil archers, but not, uh, but not really taking any casualties. And uh, Imrahil doesn't come on the board edge again. And mm. Tom was like, well, no, no, next turn. Next turn, I'll spend the might if he doesn't come on. This time for real. <laughs> so Imrahil, you know, two wands to, to show up. And uh, finally shows up on the third turn, at which point I call my march, because now that my, my captain and his warband have split up a little bit, the ones on the southern board edge, he's left six behind. He can march forward and run into the middle of the table. And Furlong sent two of his guys around a flank, uh, an axeman of Lamadoth and a, uh, I'm sorry, a, a swordsman of Lamadoth and uh, an axeman of, of Lost March go round one flank, and I jumped my bats on them and killed those two guys, which was pretty pretty nice Ooh, bats yeah, hiding those, behind a hill. Those bats against a clansman, because I think the clansman, the defense four, and you subtract two from their defense, right? So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The bats were uh, were definitely very killy, and I just felt I don't you know he was trying a flanking maneuver. I get it. I'm I love flanking maneuvers. We can talk all about my failed flanking maneuvers some other time, but you know I and I would just took the opportunity. The way there were no reinforcements coming for those two guys, and I was like I could lose yeah. a fight. I don't think I'll lose a bat even if I lose a fight. 
So we're, we're going in, and the first bat, like, plucked on the way over the first guy, you know, just to see if I could get a wound. Um, didn't manage to kill anyone with it, but that's fine. I got to try. And Imrahil finally rides onto the table, and Furlong's bringing on the rest of his warband. And Bolg and his, and his guys, I kept the Berserkers up front, and the Gundabads and everybody, like, eight inches away from from Furlong's battle line, so that I was going to get to choose whether whether to charge or not. And weirdly enough, this was his other big mistake, he kept Imrahil, like, too far away from that warband. So the knights, all the mounted all the mounted guys, the captain, the two knights, Imrahil and Furlong the Fat, are, like, running to the middle of the board to go after, I don't know, Bolg was off on the other flank at this point. So they're, they're running in there just to, just to get into my other battle line of orcs, I guess. You know, I've got I brought my banner and my two captains together, and I've got the berserkers and Bolg hanging around, threatening this other flank. And Imrahil's over there, and I did an old switcheroo. So Bolg goes sprinting towards Prince Imrahil, and the berserkers go canning into the axemen of Lamadoth, and the bats jump into the flank on the on the back. And on the way in, one of the bats actually plucked and killed the banner, so nice. uh, wounded the knight and killed the knight with the, on the pluck. And since there was no one next to the banner, he just died. He didn't have it in base yeah. contact with anyone. The banner goes down on that flank. Berserkers are in combat. And Bolg is running for Imrahil. And the Berserkers just ate the clansmen. Sure, they're backed up. They're getting two attacks as well. But they just didn't didn't pull it off. They went all the way yeah, berserk, the Berserkers' way. But one of their attacks is, um, is at minus one to the roll. Um, yeah. Because they roll a natural six. So it's kind yeah. of, it can't be better than like 1.5 attacks, technically. Yeah, and the bats jumping in on the on the on the flank, like pulling, yeah. pulling some guys out of combat. And I sure I didn't get my Gundabads into combat, but I can get them up supporting the berserkers, so the berserkers can't get outflanked. And there are a couple of occasions where I got two berserkers into one swordsman, and now I'm yeah. throwing like four dice backed up with some spear supports, and they just like dropped. So I just rolled yeah. that flank really fast. And on the next turn, I won priority, and Bold goes straight into Prince Imrahil. I'm like, all right, let's do this. The Battle of the Big Heroes, we all know this is what's got to happen in this game. It's got to be Bolg versus Imrahil. And he didn't right. call the strike, and I, I tried to talk him into calling the strike, because he was a new player, but he didn't call it on that first turn. So Bolg wins the combat. And I didn't think I'm going to kill Imrahil. He's got three fate, three wounds. He's not going down in one turn, so my goal was to take Unless him off his horse. Unless you run over him with an elephant. Unless you run over him with an elephant. Yeah, that's true. That's true. No one likes getting run over by an elephant. So good. What's that anyway, song? Sorry. My grandma got run over by a truck. <laughs> My princeling got run over by a moomuck. I don't know. <laughs> Something. Anyway, so I ended up throwing uh, two dice at his horse, one after the other, to, to, to unhorse him. Uh, unhorsed him and then dealt him a wound as well. Uh, no, two wounds. He, he ate up two fate and off his horse. So I felt pretty good about that exchange. And Furlong the Fat was like trying to ride into his rescue, but kept getting surrounded by a captain and a bunch of orcs, which um, eventually proved to be his doom. And on the next turn, Bolg goes into Imrahil, and Imrahil dies. And from there, it was a pretty much foregone. Did he strike the, uh, that time? He did strike that time, but it did, didn't matter. Right. Uh, I won the strike off, and just goes down to Bolg. He's on foot now. And, uh, it, you know, we've kept playing. I asked him if he wanted to call it. You know, I said, hey, look, just let me know when you're not having fun and we'll call it. And he, he kept playing. It, just, it still just wasn't going his way. I kept just, I ran my guys at his archers just to give him something to shoot. I was like, you got to, you got to do something. Right. Has, have some orcs, shoot some orcs to death. He got a pretty cool heroic accuracy, you know, re-rolling wounds on those guys and brought down some orcs. But 
you know, it was it was all over. Right. Yeah. The one battle line had crumbled. Prince Imrahil had been killed to Bolg. And yeah. I controlled... By the end of the game, I controlled three of the four table quarters unequivocally with the leader kill and had a banner left. And I assume you broke him. And I did break him too, yeah. Yeah. Obviously, somebody was... Unless you got shattered, somebody was... Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I... Yeah. So I and I we talked about it after the game. Definitely a learning experience for him more than me playing well. Like not having Imrahil, where he does his thing with the the banner effect, right? And like Bolg couldn't charge him at the beginning of my turn, but all I had to do was move a couple of orcs into Furlong, and then Bolg had a channel to run through. So yeah. it wasn't like good placement. It was not bad placement on Imrahil. I I don't know. I mean, I think the I think the real the real trick there is that you have a pretty honed list that you've played multiple times and I don't know if he has or not but that is not that is not a fiefdoms list that I think was going to ever be particularly easy to be successful with no you know that captain on an armored horse plus if I mean either win yeah. the lance or not if you don't give him the lance it's kind of a little you know anyway no he, um, just, he was modeled with the lance so but sure drop test. that captain and add what two more knights probably Probably more than that. It's got to be closer to three. Because... I'm sorry, I was thinking knights on horses, but knights on foot are like just as good. Look at didn't Jay Claire yeah. just win a uh, a tournament with some ridiculous yeah, number I of Dolamroth knights? Was, I was talking about three knights on. I mean, the captain is 50, 50 base, fifteen for the armored horse, I think, and five for the lance. So and the, I yeah. think the horse, the the knights on horse are maybe twenty points each. Two. Maybe so you're you know getting real close to it, and I don't love. I think the clansmen of Lamadon are fucking awesome, but I don't. I don't know that they're great, unless you take them on mass. I think there's you know take uh, Angbor the Fearless and like twelve clansmen. I'm all about that life, but yeah. Well, well, rather than try and correct somebody else's list, um, that's let's <laughs> talk about how the fact that you have now achieved your winning record. And uh, it sounded like two pretty, you know, one really fun game, one medium fun game, and then one game that could have been better, could have been worse, but at least you got to try troll out. So, yeah, would you say a successful event? Oh, yeah, it's a super successful event. And I will say, too, all the terrain was beautiful. Sure, there were only four tables, so it's maybe a little easier to have, you know, beautiful terrain for four tables than it is for 32. But uh, definitely, if not the best uh, terrain, uh, of an event that I've gone to than one of the better ones. Just like well painted and enough of it on the table. Like a really good Orthanc board where the tower was pretty close to scale with some pits and the dam modeled in the back of the in the back of the board edge. It was really it was really cool. Just um, you wait just you wait until Gallagher Khan happens. Keep an uh, eye yeah. out for it, listener. That'll one of these the days attend to attend attend to. That'll be the event yes. to attend. Yes it will. It will. Well, any any closing remarks that you you wish to make about your your time there? Any shout outs? Any 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 thoughts? Uh, well, I'll give a shout out to the main gamer crowd. There were a total of nine players, and three of us came to Boston all the way down from Maine, traveling various degrees of distance and time. So a third of the gamers from Maine, and between the lot of us, I think we took home five wins out of the nine games we played. So. Way to go, oh, Team yeah. Maine. Maybe one day we'll do our own tournament, the real war in the north. Right. I'll come. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, super awesome, super awesome uh, event. Really, really enjoyed it. Totally would event again. And kind of looking forward to, to tweaking some more stuff in the Gundabad list. Maybe getting the Keeper of the Dungeons in there and, yeah. and some other, other interesting things. Save lives. Yes, <laughs> yes, they do. It's just so cool. Just so cool. Just make sure you tell your opponent every, every time you do anything with Did you? Are you aware that... Uh... Um, nice. No, that's super great. That's awesome. I'm glad. I'm jealous. I'm itching to play some some more games. So I'm I'm living vicariously through you for now. Mm. Speaking of itching to play more games, Sam, do you want to give our listener a teaser heads up of what they might be able to expect in the future for games right. and battle reports from the Gallagher's? Yeah. So I think the next event we're attending is in july in the end of end middle of july in durham north carolina mm. um which is an 800 point good versus evil tournament so play five games over two days so we should have another couple episodes covering that coming up hopefully hopefully not too too long after this episode is out very exciting stuff looking forward to it gallagher boys in one room tearing it up right and then, of course, after that, this Nova's starting to peak itself over the horizon. Mm. Mm. So many cool events to talk about there. We're going to have to do a doubles episode and maybe touch on Chaos and Arda. Mm. Thank you for listening to Gondor Calls for Ale. We hope you have enjoyed this episode. We at Gondor Calls for Ale are not associated with Games Workshop, New Line Cinema, or the Tolkien Estate. We hope we have not misrepresented or offended anyone. These recordings are strictly our recollections of games we've played and are not commentaries on the character or competence of our opponents. They are intended purely for entertainment and we hope they will be taken as such. You can find us on Instagram at gondor underscore calls underscore for underscore ale. Feel free to send us a message there or you can send us an email at Gondor calls for ale at gmail.com. As Boromir, captain of the White Tower, once said, Remember today, listener, today this episode was good. <laughs> <laughs>